Hello, and welcome to Omens and Epiphanies. I'm Grace, and I'm trying to define my spirituality using the only thing I know, tarot. And I'm actually learning a lot more than I thought I was going to doing this with the tarot side of it. I'm glad you're here. This would be a great time for you to either make a cup of tea or find the cup of tea that's somewhere sitting, cooling down in your house. And also, if you want to grab your favorite tarot deck, just to follow along and see what your assassins say to you. Today we're working with the High Priestess, number two. If you're in a car, please don't do any of those things. <laughs> if you're in a car, uh, find a safe time to maybe take a drink of water if there's one near you. I think that would be the best thing for you today. You can also wave at somebody. I just kind of started that as a joke, but I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it the whole time I'm doing this podcast, but <laughs> might as well wave at somebody. Make their day. Make your day a little better, too. Today we're going to start talking about the high priestess, and then we're going to move forward to the inner knowing, your gut feeling, and your clairvoyances. So the high priestess is card number two of the major arcana. Two is a card of harmony, balance, and cooperation. LearnTarot.com says that the high priestess in the fool's journey is that mysterious, unconscious, and the potential of the fool. And it also specifies that the fool meets the magician and the high priestess at the same time. It's not that they meet the man first and then the woman. And the high priestess is very frequently a female, but not the energy of a female, which I find interesting. I have four cards in front of me today. First of all, from the Lightseer's Tarot, I have the high priestess. She has a head full of hair. <laughs> it looks like they might be up somehow, like maybe the sides are pulled back, but these wisps of hair coming out from her sides. Her eyes are closed, but she has just the shadow of eyes on top of her lids. So it almost looks like in Pirates of the Caribbean, where Johnny Depp's character had all like six eyes. So she's got her third eye open. And that's also uh, shown with a white dot on her forehead. She has a blue scarf with some pomegranates on it and a little plus sign and a red necklace. She also has two earrings that are pillar-like. One is black, one is white. We're going to talk about that a lot more later. There's a moon on her forehead. It's a crescent moon, but it's facing upward, so it looks kind of like the horns of a bull. There's four dots above her head, three more coming down from either side of her. The background is blue and looks kind of like a veil, but there is a purple section right behind her head. She has four symbols above her. Uh, one is, they're all, they're all runes. One is manas, or the self. One is laguz, which is flow. One is Perth, which is initiation, and the other is Wunjo, which is joy. Those are my interpretations of the runes that I went through and looked at a while ago. It's not necessarily the only thing to see in these cards. So that's the uh, Lightseer's Tarot. Next I have the Sun and Moon Tarot, which I really love because of all the imagery and all the symbolism that she puts into this deck. This one has a woman in what looks like white robes, but they're very sheer. And it almost looks like the water that's below her is what's wrapping her up. She has her hand on two different pillars, one black, one white. The one that's black is to our left or her right. And the white one is on the other side. She has a podium holding a book in front of her. Again, that crescent moon on her head facing upright and a crescent moon behind her with some stars and some palm trees. And it just looks like a really peaceful night. On this card is the Hebrew symbol, Gimel, which is to lift up. Next, I have the Shadowscapes Tarot. In the Shadowscapes Tarot, a uh, woman is floating in the air. She also has white robes, but they are a little less sheer <laughs> as the watery 
robes from the Sun Moon Tarot. She's holding an, a pomegranate with a bite taken out of it. She has a moon on both sides of her shawl, which is kind of wrapped around her body in a very fashionable way. It looks like it was wrapped around the back and then came across across the front and then is over her her arms. She also has wings. They're black and white, but mostly white. And she's barefoot, if that matters. <laughs> there are leaves coming down from around her and her head almost looks like sun, the way that her hair is flowing. There's a very gnarled tree below her with an owl flying towards us and he's holding a key. And finally, the steampunk tarot has a tarot reader. She's got two cards in her hand and five spread out on the cloth. She's touching a crystal ball with the triple moon, which is a full moon with two crescent moons on either side. There's a pentagram inside of the full moon. She has a steampunk hat on because it is, again, the steampunk tarot. And then she again has those two pillars, the black one and the white one. Our left is black. And a, a curtain behind her that's a deep red. The High Priestess in the Shadowscapes deck, which was my first deck, wasn't very clear to me. I understood the pomegranate from Persephone from Greek mythology because I had studied that, but it just seemed sort of mysterious. How does somebody float anyways? But the um, steampunk tarot really spoke to me because in that steampunk tarot book that is written by um, Ellie Fell and Barbara Moore, the reader doesn't speak. You sit down. She spreads the cards out in front of you, flips them over, and then looks at you knowingly. Because you already know the answer. You didn't need you didn't need the reader to tell you. This is just a confirmation that you should just trust your gut. And that's kind of how I read all of these. But the symbolism of the two pillars, that's very common in the Raider Waite, um, I was kind of curious about. So we looked more into that. Tara 101 by Kim Huggins says that the pomegranates are, quote, knowledge of the inner darker, more mysterious self. And that is tied to Persephone. I was right. The veil that's shown behind the high priestess shows kind of the unknown behind her. The moon is reflective of the sun's light. The pillars are something biblical. So Solomon's temple was the first temple in Jerusalem, and it was flanked by two pillars. They were freestanding. The black pillar is always on the left when we look at at the temple or at the high priestess. Its Hebrew name is Boaz, which is in it is strength. It also says he, but we're just going to go a little bit non-binary there. And then the white pillar on the right is Jahin, it will establish or he will establish. This is all from the wiki page about these two pillars in Solomon's temple. So those pillars, the black and the white ones, are this balance between the Here's where I get a little frustrated. This is very Eurocentric, male, (laughs) driven. Um, It's the balance between male and female. And they usually have the black pillar as female and the white pillar as male because purity. And between the good and the evil, again, black is evil, white is good. Between different colors of people, again, black is the bad one, white is the good one. I hate this. I'm just so mad at this. But I did want to point out that the high priestess is the balance between those. And she kind of represents the non-binary, right? The neither male nor female, she's in the middle. Neither black nor white, she's in the middle. Neither good nor evil, she's in the middle. So I I hate that binary, but I'm glad that she's non-binary. 
I'm glad they are non-binary, I should say. And then in the writer weight, she's holding a scroll, which specifically says T-O-R-A, or the Torah, because the last letter is hidden underneath her shawl, which is the relationship between the creator and the creation, which I don't know enough about Hebrew lore or the Hebrew ways. So if you have some sort of background, I would love to hear it. You can email me at omensandepiphanies at gmail.com or get a hold of me in any of the social media that I'm going to plug at the end. I would love to know more. I actually, <laughs> I got overwhelmed with all of the Hebrew that's showing up. And so I started writing down all the Hebrew words so that way at least I would have some sort of feel of them. But the typical meaning of the high priestess from Tarot 101 is that the high priestess comes closest to defining the means by which a tarot reader receives insight and interpretations of the cards in a reading. It's also the guardian at the threshold of initiation. I've also noticed that in covens, the person who is the guardian at the threshold of initiation is the high priestess. She's a person who is in charge. She's the the head honcho. I'm not part of a coven, and my friend who was part of a coven said it was a very closed thing. It was very gatekeepy, so I wasn't interested. <laughs> but she's like, these are the things that I can tell you about the different circles and all that kind of stuff. So maybe I'll ask her to tell me what she can tell me again now that I have a little bit more horse in the race, I guess. All right, and then Tara 101 continues to say she represents the gaining of wisdom through intuition and inner processes. So that brings me to the second half of this podcast, which is where we talk about something spiritual that's not necessarily tarot. A lot of this is about trusting your intuition, right? Having insights and interpretations. So we're going to talk about that gut feeling and a little bit more about guides and spirit angels. Let's talk about your gut. You have gut feelings all the time. It happens, but sometimes you don't trust them and sometimes you're not sure if you should trust them. And sometimes you don't even know if it's your gut or just a judgment call on your part. There is science behind the subconscious that happens before a gut feeling tells you what to do, but it happens so quickly that we can't really register it. But you might be wondering how, how do you trust yourself? And we're going to talk about that today. But first I want to talk about the at least four Claire senses. Claire, like the the female name, C-L-A-I-R, but with roots in French meaning clear. So there are four well-recognized Claire senses. Claire audience is hearing voices. This is very straightforward. It might be hearing your name and then looking around and nobody's there. It's a calm, even voice. There's nothing judgmental about it. Clairvoyance is seeing images or scenes. Uh, It's usually metaphorical. So if somebody sees somebody drowning, It doesn't mean that they're physically going to go out into a lake and drown or that they should never be near water again. It's usually that they're overwhelmed by something in their life. And these images can pop into your mind out of the blue if you have clairvoyance. They usually use this as a synonym for psychic, but psychics can see the future and people who are not psychic just see what's happening right now. Clairsentience is the most common one. It's feeling a person's energy. This could also be like full body chills if you get a certain thing, or some people actually feel physical ailments of a subject. So they'll feel tightening around the throat if somebody suffocated or that kind of thing, if they're, if they're a medium and connecting with the, with the other side. And then claircognizance is knowing without knowing how you know. You know? 
it happens very quickly. So there's usually nothing that you can point to to go, oh, clearly that is because I had this feeling. All four of those I got from an article by Tanya Richardson on mindbodygreen.com on December 29th, 2020. The article is called A Professional Psychic on How to Develop the Four Clairs of Intuition. But as I was looking into this, Oprah.com had Intuition 101 article by Rebecca Rosen that highlighted two extras. Claire Augustance, which is tasting something that isn't there, and Claire Aliens, which is smelling something that isn't there. So it almost sounds like the five senses plus just knowing. And there's other articles out there that actually get you all the way up to 10. (laughs) So it seems like there's almost as many ways of knowing as there are senses plus some. Tanya Richardson in that first article specifically says to develop your intuition, write it down in a journal. Whenever one of these things happen, whenever you hear somebody say your name or whenever you feel that chill or whenever you smell something that isn't there, write it down in a journal. Beginning to recognize these messages will help you pick up on more of them. And I found that to be true. When I started doing my journey through finding guides, I I actually wrote this down in my journal. I said, guides, help me receive the signs you are giving me. Don't let me walk right past one expecting another. My very next entry is, I choked on a bug when leaving the labyrinth. I guess I have jokester guides. This was back in 2013. And I do remember that very specific time. I had sat down to say, I don't know what's a sign and what's not a sign. I'm not really sure. And they were like, here, here's a sign for you. Pay attention next time. And that's only happened one other time since. So it's okay. It doesn't happen all the time. I do know some people with Claire, uh, Claire sentience where they, when they're doing a tarot reading, they'll feel hot or they'll feel the, like the choking that I said earlier, they'll just feel it's hard to breathe. And this poor lady goes, it's fine. It's just my gift. (laughs) So sorry. But you can ask for clarity. You can say, hey, I think I'm looking for a sign, but I haven't seen one. Can you please make sure that I see them? And when you kind of hear a little bit of a voice, what what I do is I ignore it until it gets loud enough that I'm like, okay, there it is. Cool. (laughs) So if I hear just a little bit, I'll just pause and I'll listen and I'll ask for it to be just a little tiny bit clearer. That's okay. You're not getting anybody mad. You're just training your intuition to speak at a level you can hear. Do you only have one of these clear senses? No, you absolutely can have a multiple set of these. It's just like, we don't always only hear things. We also see them and taste them and touch them. We just have stronger senses than others. And the more you work a particular muscle, the more you're going to have to work with. So I, when I'm doing a tarot reading that I know is like spot on, I get chills and I start talking faster, (laughs) but I get chills basically like up my arms and a little bit on my back. This didn't happen forever though. It, I started talking faster, definitely, but there was one day that I was starting my journey. It was like maybe a year into it. And I remember very distinctly being at my local grocery store in the snack section. And I was so mad that they didn't have snacks without my allergen and then I can't have whey, which is a dairy product, blah, blah, blah. And I swear to you, somebody walked behind me to the point where I stepped forward because I thought I was too close to the shelf behind me. And I'm a very polite person and it was a time before a pandemic. So I just turned around to like apologize to them and there was nobody in the aisle with me. They would have come from the shorter half of the aisle and gone towards the longer half. So I definitely would have seen them. And I got this chill across my shoulders 
that let me know that I wasn't alone. And I was like, why? Why here? Why now? And I just kind of felt drawn to a specific snack. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I looked at it. No dairy in there. Not a lick. (laughs) So that strong sense has very little to do with my life. Actually, I really like that snack. I still go get it. But that has very little to do with my knowing or my any sort of psychic or medium abilities. But it still kind of opened that door to having that chill when I'm also doing tarot readings that are really important. So how do you do this? Well, one way is just to have a day where you're open. You say, I'm not really sure if you're there or not, but if you are, I'd love to know, right? That's talking to your guides and not your gut, but you, your gut is also the same thing. Actually, that, that that's a hot take. I'm not sure if talking with your guides and, and listening to your gut are any different from each other. Maybe that's just me. I'm not sure. But I, I just feel like when, when I got that chill, it felt like some sort of helper was behind me, guiding my mind to a box that was safe. I don't think that was my intuition, knowing that that snack was fine. I hadn't, I would have no idea because I hadn't read it before. Maybe I have. Maybe in my past I read it and I just kind of locked it away. So maybe that's the case, but I, I don't know. So my hot take is that I think that your guides and your gut are the same. So one way is just to say, I'm open, please show me that you're there. And then pay attention. If you look at the clock and it's a specific time, that's probably a sign. If you see a bird that you haven't seen before, that's probably a sign. If you find a coin on the ground, maybe that's a sign. Speaking of coins, my friend and mentor, Judith, judithsalt.com, if you want to learn more, it's J-U-D-Y-T-H though. She says that one way is to have a coin flip day with your guides and so you can say, oh, should I, I don't know, uh, heads is heads is yes, tails is no. And then you test it a couple times with something that you know to be true or not true, just to make sure it works. And then say, oh, should I go out for lunch today? Flip it. <laughs> just follow, follow along, right? And you can also ask questions that way. It's kind of like a pendulum reading, but without needing a pendulum, you just need a coin. You can also maybe just ask for a good parking spot. <laughs> And if you find one, here's the key to this. You thank them. You say, thank you for providing me with this beautiful parking spot. I won't abuse this power. (laughs) I, when I was growing up, I thought that I had control over the lights. I don't know if anybody else did this too, but I would do the I dream of Jeannie thing where she kind of nods her head and change the lights that way. And I, for certain, looked at the crosswalk flashing person and like timed it right. (laughs) Just to like seem cooler than I was. But there was one time that I couldn't see it and I went, oh no, uh oh. And I just did it anyways and the light changed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am so powerful. And I was probably like a teenager at best. Like I was at, at the oldest a teenager. That was a time where I think my mom even looked at me and she was like, oh. Because <laughs> she knew my secret. But that time she couldn't figure out how I did it. And I don't think I knew how I did it either. I just did it, right? That was clear cognizance. I just knew. I just knew when to do it. I just had a feeling. I'm not saying that I control the lights. But what I'm trying to say is that I have an understanding that I can't do it if it's unfair. So sometimes I'll try and it won't work. And I'm like, oh, it's because I just got here. And it's probably been red for only a little bit. And other people need to get somewhere too. Like, I'm not... I'm not the only person that's important. I just am important too, you know. 
anyways, ask for a good parking spot. Another thing you can do is on, if you're on TikTok, there are intuition tests. If you just search intuition tests, there's a bunch of them where it's like, which crystal will I pick up? Or what crystal's in my hand? Or which card will I pick? And then it's like, did you get it? So those are always fun because it is predetermined. It's already happened. So it's not like you're predicting the future. You're just predicting something that's already happened. You can also do muscle tests. So all of these are trying to get to the point where you know what your Claire is, your main Claire. Again, you can have multiple. So muscle tests, uh, if you have a person around, (laughs) something you can do is they can put like pieces of clothing against your back. You put your, usually your right hand, but whatever your dominant hand is on your heart. And you stick your other arm straight out with a fist and you try to keep it as flat as possible. And then what they do is they put the piece of clothing or whatever's on your back and then they try to move your arm down. If it's a piece of clothing that makes you feel confident or is a pretty color on you or whatever, your arm will stay sturdy. If it's not, if it's maybe bad for you or you don't feel comfortable in it, your arm will go down. You'll become weaker physically. In high school, this happened. We had a person come to our school and it was like a party trick kind of thing. Like they asked for like the strongest guy to volunteer and that person went up and they put colored pieces of paper, just like a normal eight and a half by 11 against their back and did the arm thing. And there were certain colors that just made the arm go way down. And it wasn't esoteric at the time. It was just like something interesting about colors. (laughs) At the end, they had behind their back, they had their thumb up and we were to do positive thoughts towards that person and a thumb down. And we were supposed to do negative thoughts towards that person. And whenever we did negative thoughts, that arm went down. The person couldn't see the thumb, but that was just what we, what we gave them. So the whole point was the things you think about people or the things you think about the world do affect them, even if you can't see it, but they use these muscle tests to do that. You can also do like a human pendulum where you cross your arms over your chest like you're doing a trust fall. Then you ask a question and you will feel pushed one way or another. This is a good one for you to preset that if I fall forward, I am, this is a positive thing. And if I fall backwards, this is a negative thing. But sometimes what I do is I just fall and then later I'll ask (laughs) which was which. Just I take out some of the bias, but that also puts some bias in it. So I don't do this as frequently because I do find that I'm like, oh, I know that this is the one that I should not like. So that's obviously no. Um, Something else that people do is they'll do a muscle test by themselves with linked fingers. Connect your ring finger and your thumb together and you link your left hand and your right hand that way. And then you ask a question and you'll pull. And if your fingers come apart and break uh, the chain, then that's a negative thing. And if they stay steady, it's a positive thing for you. So those are all ways that you can do to test your gut. Something that my mentor Elka really needs everybody to know, because she said this in every class I've ever gone, is that you can tell if it's ego or your gut by the judgment attached to it. So if you're asking yourself a question and there's a little bit of judgment in that voice, that is your ego. It's not your gut. There's also this term about the higher self in these spiritual practices. The higher self is the part of you that knows what's best for you. I personally, this is not a general thing. I think it might just be me, but I think that the higher self is your true soul because I do believe in reincarnation and we will get to that when I talk about the death card. 
having your spirit that has your soul contract and what you're here on earth to do is the thing that knows what's best for you. And I think that's what your gut is. And then your ego is your earthbound self. It's this body. It's the one that's like, I don't think I want to do that. That's the difference between the higher self and the ego. In my opinion, I don't know what general feeling of that is. There are other ways to determine how your gut reacts, but there's so many ways that the universe can communicate with you and your gut can communicate with you that I literally can't go through them all here. It's not going to be a thing. But what I'm learning from this is that the more you recognize something as a sign, your whoever will go, oh, oh, they, they can do that one. Okay, great. We'll just do that one more often. So the more that you dive into maybe numerology, the more the numbers will speak to you. The more you recognize that chill across your shoulders, the more frequently that will happen. The more that you try this, your whatever, your guides, your higher self, your gut will use that thing that you're best at to talk to you more. Another way to test to see which one it is, is when you're picking tarot cards, just spreading them out and then sitting, close your eyes and drag your fingers across the cards. Some people with all the clairs, right? There's so many of them. Some people will feel a tingle in their hands when they touch the the card that's meant to speak to them. Some people will feel it hot. They'll feel warmth in their hand or their fingers. Some people will, I, I don't know, maybe they'll see a flash of light or hear a voice or smell a smell. Those aren't my gifts, so I can't speak to those specifically. But I have done tarot readings enough where I ask the person to pick cards. And the newbies always go, ah, <laughs> I don't want to. And so I do it for them. But it's that second guessing, that ego that stops them. It's not, they're, they're doing it right. Um, or you could just gr- grab a card. That's claircognizance. That's just knowing. That's just grabbing it. So that's another way to do it. But the whole time, you have to trust that you're doing it right. You have to trust that the card you grabbed is the card that's meant for you. Because otherwise you're going to second guess everything. And you're going to wonder if you should have grabbed the other card that you thought of or whatever it is. Um, Also, whenever two cards come out together, I say that they're a set. Like I read them together. So if two cards come out at the same time, you don't have to put one back. It's usually that they're both there for you. They just stuck together because you would pick one and you have to pick the other one too, you know? I hope you learned something today. I learned a lot in my, just in my research, I learned a lot. So I'm hoping you learned something from this. Next time we're talking about the Empress and maybe also the Emperor because I'm mad that they are so binary. I really wish there were non-binary cards. So I'm I might look into the non-binary versions and and talk about them that way, or I might separate them into two different episodes. I am kind of hoping to put two episodes together right now because currently I'm on the third episode, but it's card number two because the fool kind of messed everything up. So that'd be nice to get. So that way it's the same. (laughs) So you can look for the fifth episode and get the fifth card. So I haven't decided yet, but I hope you learned something and I hope you take care of yourself today and maybe for the next week between this episode and the next one, if you're not binge listening because they've been out for a year or two or whatever. For the next week, ask your guides for guidance and pay attention. Trust your gut. Gosh darn you. This is your conscience speaking. Trust me. 
I love hearing your questions and I love knowing that I'm not alone. So reach out to me on Facebook at Omens and Epiphanies. Instagram is Omens and Epiphanies. Please check there because I put visual aids on there. Last week I did the alchemical symbols for earth, air, wind, and fire on there. Twitter I'm at Omens Epiphanies. No and because Twitter shortens my name because they're a jerk. But if you search Omens and Epiphanies, that's my actual name. Tweet me questions. Email me, omensandepiphanies at gmail.com. And I have a website. It's omensandepiphanies.com. I hope you learned something. I hope you have a beautiful day. Trust your gut for the next freaking week. That's all I'm asking. I also want to say that I had to pause the recording for the train to go by and I realized how echoey this episode is. So I am so sorry. I am still learning. I am the editor. (laughs) I am the publisher. I am the recording. I am research and development. And so I'm learning all of this as I'm going. So I do apologize for any echoing that's happening or I might need to find a better room to do this in. All right. And I'll see you later. Bye.